Welcome to Basi Lagani, Tafshin Pei Aleph, 5781. We're in the midst of the final battle. It's called Basi Lagani, Tafshin Pei Aleph, winning the final battle. Um, how did we call it? Winning the final battle, uh, fair and unsquare. Why are we saying fair and unsquare? Because there's a battle that's raging in the world today, and it is the final battle of Mashiach versus Amalek, fighting Amalek to destroy Amalek and bring the whole world to Geula. And it's being fought in an unsquare way, out-of-the-box way, mostly by Mashiach himself. And then you see that the battle that's raging in America, which is really raging in the entire world, is from all sides being fought in a very unsquare, out-of-the-box way. There's nothing classical or traditional about it, including the fact that the war used to be fought with actual soldiers on the ground with weapons and foot soldiers in the time of the Greeks, elephants were elephants, and people actually marching in with their weapons. And the Rebbe Rashab said many years ago that now we finished the second way of understanding a hundred years of what the Rebbe Rashab predicted would be a hundred year battle. We just completed that. The Rebbe Rashab said the final battle would be fought with words rather than with actual weapons. It would be, it would be a verbal battle. And so we see that the battle is within the media, the battle of words. Uh, within the media, within social media, it's all who says what and who convinces whom to believe what. And it's a very intense battle. It's Mashiach's battle. Um, but it's in a very unsquare way. So what we're going to do is look into Basi Lagani because this being the last mimer of the Fri the Rebbe and the first mimer which establishes this generation, this mimer clearly has all the tools for winning this final battle embedded in it. And what we're going to do is go through it and uncover the tools that have, are being given to us as we speak. In addition, one other piece of information, the, much, of, much of this battle revolves around the inauguration of U.S. president, whoever he will be. And that is happening um, in the week of Yod Shvat. I think on the fifth day of Shvat, Yod Shvat is the tenth day of Shvat. So within that week, I think Yod Shvat is on Erev Shabbos or Shabbos this year. Within the, in the days leading up to it is supposed to be the inauguration of the Nasi, the, the, the president, the Nasi, in the week that the real Nasi, Mashiach himself, is anointed. Um, there comes the anointment of the Nasi of Esav, essentially, or Esav and Yishmael. So all of this is coming together at the same time. And the good news is that, as we said, we know that the tools are embedded in this minor. This year we're learning of the 20 chapters that the previous Rebbe prepared. We're learning chapter 11 because the year corresponds to that. 11, of course, is an uh, unsquare number. 10 is square. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, the decimal system. That's the square system. The unsquare number is 11. It's called Antuchad Velobuchushpan. It's the unsquare number. It's the unity that's, be, that's out of the box. 
So we are in the year that's out of the box. And then one more piece of information. Most of the years, uh, when, when the Rebbe, our Rebbe would say, uh, a whole mimer based on a chapter of the previous Rebbe's mimer, you know, it would be in a 20 year cycle. There would be one per year. There were a couple of times when Basi Lagani, sorry, Yudshat came out on Shabbos, and then the Rebbe would say two or three Maimarim on that Shabbos of Basi Lagani. That is this year. We're going to be learning Tafshin Chaf Aleph, the Maimar of 1962, Tafshin Chaf Aleph, and it's actually two Maimarim, and the third one in 1982. And what we see is that this mimer of this year is a continuation of last year's. Usually it's a completely different theme every year. Completely different theme. There are some years that the theme is about the boards and the shtus of Kedusha and different things and the, the, the Keresh and the Sheker and all of that. This year is about war, army, Hashem as the warrior. Destroying the evil forces. And that's what it was about last year. So one thing we understand, and we see very clearly in that it's called a hemshech of last year. It's pretty much acknowledged in the world that 2020 and 2021 seem to be one package deal. One is funneling into the other. You know, some people feel like good riddance to 2020. Things are going to get better in 2021. But we understand that... Um, this is a carryover. There's a whole package deal between these two years. We call them, we call it Tufshin Pei and Tufshin Pei Aleph. Tufshin Pei is plus wonders, which it didn't seem very wonderful, but it was, was a year full of wonders. It just didn't feel wonderful. And then Pei Aleph plus Erenu, we will see the wonders, which means it will be wonderful to see. So, again, we see this package deal of these two years as one um, identity, one reality that finishes the final battle, as we say, fair and unsquare. Okay. So, we're going to do this in 10-minute ten, ten or so segments. And um, we almost used up our 10 minutes. We're... Now what we're working on is we're going to do chapter Yeralaf of the Veda Grebbe. Okay. So the Veda Grebbe is saying the following. I'll say it in English. We want to look into deeply the question of why the Jewish people are called Sivas Hashem. When we came out of Mitzrayim, the name Sivas Hashem, the name Tzvakos, it's the same spelling. Tzvakos is one of Hashem's holy names. Hashem has seven names that you cannot erase. And this name Hashem Tzvakais is a name that you don't see in the Chumash. You don't see it in Torah, in Torah Shabbat, you don't see it in the Chumash. Where do you see it in Nevi'im? In Torah, the name Tzvakais or Tzvakos is there, but it doesn't refer to Hashem. It doesn't refer to God. Remember, Hashem Tzvakais refers to God. That's his name, God's name, one of his seven names. But Tzivais Havaya refers to us. We are the army of Hashem. When were we called the army of Hashem? When we came out of slavery. When we came out of Mitzrayim. 
So Tzvakais, where do we find Hashem's name as Hashem Tzvakais? First of all, sorry. So referring to us as Tzivais Havaya, Tzivas Hashem, coming out of slavery, that wasn't just them. Once upon a time, we were in Egypt and we came out of slavery. But as we're attempting to come out of our personal slavery, our collective slavery, our global, our historical slavery, once and for all, both in the personal sense and the most macro sense, we need to call on these tools. These are the tools that will get us out. They got us out then, out of Mitzrayim. Somehow, calling us Tivas Hashem got us out of our slavery then and always will. Which explains why, when was Tivas Hashem created? Um, early Mem, I have to look it up, maybe it was Tafshin Mem Base. Maybe it was the very year that this mimer was said. Uh, I'll know tomorrow. Around this time of this mimer being said, the explanation being said, Tafshin Mem Base, the Rebbe created Sivas Hashem of the children. And clearly we understand that the tools were embedded in the Sivas Hashem our children being called Sivas Hashem, being uh, enrolled in Sivas Hashem as a way of imbuing within us, embedding within us the tools to be able to get ourselves, men, women, and children, out of personal and global enslavement. So, we're just going to finish up with a, a couple of minutes here, to, or maybe we'll do a little bit longer, and then we'll go into it more tomorrow. So that's us. But Hashem Tzvakais, which is going to be the basis of this whole mimer, where did we see Hashem Tzvakais, that name? Chana, Hanavia. Chana was barren. This was in the time of Mishkan and Shila, I think. And, and Chana, who would one day become the mother of Shmuel Hanavi, who would, who would anoint David Amelech. Uh, he would anoint, he, he would anoint Shoal, sorry, he would anoint Shoal, but he was, um, and then he would be in, in, involved in this, sorry, anointing David Amelach. He is the one who is the one who does the original Kabbalah Samalchus. Anointing Mashiach himself. But before Shmuel Anavi can anoint Mashiach himself so that he can bring the Geula, which we are the Shmuel Hanavis of this generation, before he can anoint Mashiach himself, uh, he has to be born. Problem was, his mother could not bear children. So how in the world is he going to be born if his mother can't have children? And yet he has this job to do, to anoint Mashiach. Which then we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we need to do to really be born into our real, uh, step into our full power, be born into our full power so we can do our full job as anointing Mashiach himself so he can bring the Geula. So now going back, it says in Sefer Shmuel, Chana was barren. She went to the Mishkan and she was praying very hard. She was davening very hard. And she called out to Hashem, Hashem Tzvakais. She said, please, please, please give me children. Zera Anashim. 
and I will devote this child that you give to me. Zeranashim means she asked Hashem to give her a child that had both the qualities of David and Melch and Shaul and Melch, Fachman and, and Kabbalah Saul. Plus, plus. But essentially, she was saying, Hashem, I want to step into the role of enabling this whole historical process to happen. Please make it happen through me. I will devote him all to your service all of his life. And what does it say? Umayra loy yavor, and a razor will not pass over his head. He will be a nazir. And Myra, and, but Myra also means fear. We are, she was asking to give birth to the one who would anoint Mashiach and there would be no fear passing over his head ever. That's the Hasidic understanding of it. Myra means a razor, but also fear. Which brings us to our present battle. We're in a situation where this is the final battle of Mashiach against the opponents to Mashiach, of Hashem. This is the final battle of Hashem against the opponents of Hashem. And it's the most, this final unsquare battle. And the hardest thing about it is the fear. Because after 4,000 years of fighting, you know, Yaakov and Esav and everything that we had to go through and surviving and being victorious in the last moment, it's so scary, it looks to us like the other side is going to win. God forbid. And there's a huge amount of fear. And we all feel it. There's a huge amount of fear. What if they win? What if the forces of evil that are, that Asher Kerku is Ikvas, um, Hashem, those who fight the footsteps of Hashem, and those who fight the footsteps of Mashiach, that battle, although it was completed, 1901 to 2001 and 1920 to 2020, although the battle was completed, but we're now in a more subtle form of it, the more upgraded, sophisticated, remnant of it, and what we struggle with the most is fear. And and maybe we'll sum up with this. The most significant thing is that when Chana asked, Chana reached out to Hashem as Hashem Tzvakais, and we'll see in the next segment why she had to speak to Hashem as call him by that name in order to accomplish what she needed. We're dealing with the issue when she's reaching out and saying, I want to be a part of this lineage. What comes into the the equation is fear. Fear will not enter into this equation. This is a process that goes beyond a necessity for fear. And although we all feel the fear, there's an aspect of it that says, have no fear, right? Am Yisrael, have no fear. Mashiach will be here this year. So. We'll end this segment and we'll continue with the next one. And we say, Yehi Rasun. We're going to find out in the next segment why she spoke to Hashem as Shem Tzvakais. Yehi Rasun, we should move beyond fear. Be confident that the battle will be won by Hashem himself, by Mashiach himself, 
the battle to usher in the Gula Mitzvah, the battle of truth, and we should be there immediately now.